Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Hope you're well. And gosh, feel like we're about a third of the way through your fantasy footy season. It is crazy that we're here, but look, there is a lot to get through on this midweek trade and strategy episode. Uh, of course, if you want to get our weekend wrap-up review podcast, our Patreons get that. It, all the links for that, by the way, at coachespanel.tv. Joining me on this episode as we chat through some of the big issues and talking points of the round, i got Rids on. Hello, mate. How you doing? Hey, buddy. How you going? I'm good. I'm good. And it's a fascinating week. Now, later on in this episode, we want to get to some Patreon questions. Uh, we want to get to that. I want to talk multi-buy rounds. Of course, we'll talk all the formats. So if you've only got time for one podcast, but you play multiple formats, we got you covered. Or if you just listen to everybody's everything, we got you covered with that as well. But maybe let's go to this interesting, unique week we find ourselves in. Eight weeks in, cows are fattening red dots everywhere and to be fair there doesn't feel like this week there's an injured premium we've got to get rid of so what should the trading priorities be for coaches this week maybe we'll take it format by format so let's start at dream team in dream team what's your priorities this week knowing we're just three weeks away from the first of three multi-buy rounds so dream teams really, and I suppose we can add super coach into this discussion as okay. well. Just if we just say the limited formats, everyone's probably gone crazy for the last couple of weeks yep. trading this guy, trading that guy. It just doesn't feel like there's a heat to do this week outside of grabbing two of those rookies that are appearing. I don't know whether we're going to have a better. Like I said this a couple of weeks ago. It's, this week, though, it just feels like, you know, Collier Dawkins has yep. got some sort of, I hate saying job security because I don't think any rookie's got job security at yep. this stage of the year. But he's just got, he's probably going to have a few games. You know, he's, he's going to get a run at He's got the best available opportunity to, to have job security. So I understand what you're saying there. Yeah. And... I reckon there's a guy in uh, Magpie Land, um, Poulter, that's Caleb Poulter. He's got the worst haircut. Like that's a big call from you. Oh, it's a shocker! <laughs> it's an absolute shocker of a haircut. But he actually showed a bit last week. He I can thought. play, can't he? Yeah, he could. So I reckon this just feels like a week. And the best thing about these two guys, okay, is the buy rounds. Round yeah. 13, round 14. It's absolutely smells like, hey, we may very well luck ourselves into two decent rookies with the later buys. Uh, and we're about three weeks away from hitting the buys. It just feels about right, doesn't it? It feels right. I'm really intrigued. There are, there are three cash cows that are a front of mine. Then I think there might even be a fourth that's, on the bubble in these limited trade formats. In AFL Fantasy, you play a week, your price moves um, unless you hit your break even. So there's Caleb Poulter, mid-forward, 
not basement price, but close enough to it. So he's a solid option. Then there is the Riley Collier Dawkins, a little bit more expensive in some formats, but we've already talked about him. Then there's two guys, because we've talked about those two already. I'm intrigued to get your take on these next two guys, whether a coach has jumped early on one of those boys, or they'd rather go this way. Ryan Burns, midfielder, basically at a basement price across the formats. Again, AFL Fantasy, he's already had two price changes. And then there's Owies, Matthew Owies, basement price forward across the formats for us. Is it just as simple as Collier, Dawkins and Poulter across the limited trades? Or should we consider either of these two as well? Now, with only now we recorded this on a Wednesday night, and luckily for us, only about an hour ago, we've heard a little story about Zach Jones um, pulling up with an injury. So, yeah, potentially out for the year. Ryan Burns, that there has to be good good news for his job security and prospects of playing because I mean he's done plenty, hasn't he? Yeah, and Gresham's that- out for the year. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking that. He's definitely an option. Again, round 14. Yep. Absolutely beautiful. You might have missed another one there as well. Um, mm. There is a, there's a rather tall Ruckman down at Doggy Land. Stefan Martin's out for two to four weeks. Jordan Sweet is another one for those getting a bit frustrated by uh, Matt Flynn's non-selection. And that and he, while he's still got cash to make in him, it is a lot of cash sitting on the bench that coaches are thinking about. Well, I mean, you can free up nearly 200000 if not more, across the formats by just hitting a guy at that price. But we know that Sam Hayes potentially is going to come into Port Adelaide now. Yeah. be the number one ruckman for the next three to four weeks with Lysette. There's always that risk, though, isn't there, of uh, Peter Laddams or whatever else jumping yeah. in if he have a bad game. This is what I'm saying about job security for rookies. They're all no, a week no, no. or two away, aren't they? Oh, it's crazy. There's so much gibberish going on in this world with Twitter and social (laughs) media and everyone's talking about, oh, this guy's got a job. Reality is any rookie is one bad game away from having no good job security. And we've said that for how what the better part of 10 years now. For the better part of 10 years. And and the, the reason is what's the narrative for why they're in the team? And can that follow suit? So a Caleb Poulter has been good for two weeks. But Taylor Adams has said he's a fortnight away from playing. You can't tell me if Nathan Buckley's fighting for his job, as good as Poulter is, and they're different players, I get it. But then you move the magnets around, you move a Chris Main up and down the ground, you move a Josh Thomas somewhere. You can't tell me you're not going to take an elite inside midfielder over a developing kid if you're fighting for a contract. Same with Adelaide. They're going to want to play kids. North Melbourne, the same. They're going to want to play kids. But there's a Dumont sitting in North Melbourne's VFL side that's coming soon. There's a Matt Crouch that's not far away from the Adelaide Crows midfield as well. So it's all about what's the narrative, what's the logic, what's the reason, and make sure you know why, because you're right, Rids, even a Collier Dawkins, he has a bad game this week, even with Richmond's depleted injury list. Gosh, there's a Josh Caddy who's not far off that being ready to go too. Well, they you basically are... Um... Hugo Ralph Smith come in. You might yeah. get a game. You might see Martin. Thompson Dow, who's just around the corner. He's just come from a back from apprenticeitis, I think. That's true. Yeah. Nate is deserving of a turn, extended now, turn. We, should, we need to talk about Matthew Owens. All right, let's do that. Okay. So he's probably got 
as good a job security as any of them. Yeah, I think and that's I just I keep looking at Carlton, I keep going small forwards, small forwards. I mean, Eddie Betts, God bless his soul, he's been an absolute stalwart. Yeah. But the, the fact of the matter is, he is pretty much in the last year of his career. I agree. They're going to have to... Now, I always showed plenty last weekend. I yeah, it was good. Good pressure. So I reckon he's pretty much going to be the heir apparent at some point in time. Yep. There's going to be... Carlton have got quite a few out. They've got a few to rotate through. So it's one of those tricky ones again. But just based on last week's performance, I mean, why not? But he is a small forward, MJ. That's the we challenging thing, we, isn't it? Yeah, well, we don't James like Rowe owners know the, the ups and downs of that. Yeah, look, I mean, they could be as great as... I mean, James Rowe on the weekend absolutely killed it to half-time. And what, he scored 40? 40 in Dream yeah. Team and Fantasy, yeah. And then he scores about three points from then on. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those ones where you just got to be... I like to see the rookies in the midfield if I could. Yeah. I think Collier Dawkins will probably get a few games. and get a lot more centre-bounce tendencies. He's going to have opportunity. That doesn't mean that he's going to score. He's just going to have opportunity. And sometimes that's all we can ask for, isn't it? So I'm, I'm really intrigued about this rookie conversation because... Um, while it feels like that midfield and forward stocks with a, an Owies um, and a Poulter, let's call him the forward just because he does have that eligibility, and the Bynes and the RCD, we've got plenty of available options through there. I still feel like a problem part of the ground for coaches is that back line right across the formats. Bunch of coaches still waiting and hoping for Thomas Highmore. And with news of James Frawley being potentially available as early as this week, and Brett Ratner said multiple times he's not really going to change a winning combination. That's nerving for people. Jordan Clark, I don't think he's any closer to getting back into that side. People might have jumped early on a Lockie Jones and have now been stuck with him the past couple of weeks. And then probably the most unlucky ones recently was if you jumped on Nathan Murphy, who looked good up until he got concussed and he'll miss this week. So there are some coaches, I do see them potentially running with a donut at D6 this week. What would you say to a coach that finds himself in that position? I know it depends on their league or overall ranking focus, but what would you say to a coach who's staring down a donut in D6 and no real good cows on the bubble this week in a back line? Okay, so I'm sort of in this situation myself in okay. Dream Team. So I do have a little bit of cash for the kitty though. So. I I would think that you do not look at a double downgrade this week if you're going to eat a donut at D6, okay? okay? Now, that's if you're overall focused. If you're all league focused, double downgrade might actually suit you better. Yeah, and it depends on your matchups, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, if you're playing a guy in a league that you're, you know you're 150 points better off, you're averaging a lot more than what they are, it might, you know, what's what's a 40-point, 50-point rookie-flavoured donor? Yeah, exactly. Especially if you could actually promote your team and set yourselves up to make those points back in the next two to three weeks. 100%. The big call, though, is if you're overall, you have to look at fixing that D6 problem. Right. So there's no guarantee that Jones... Well, Jones, we know for a fact Jones... Jones won't play. For a, 
what four weeks yeah you know two to three four weeks. well there's the buy so he's an after the buy option yeah and even then he's probably going to need one or two in the SANFL and you know we're talking what four to six weeks yep then we're not going to see high more I I look he's, I mean he's killing it in the VFL but there's no space for him he, they got Frawley for a reason. And I mean, they're not dropping Wilkie. They're not dropping Dougal Howard. Nope. So I just don't know how he fits into that team at this point. I agree. He needs an injury, yeah? Yeah, I agree. Now, a couple of weeks ago, he wasn't getting a game when there was Carlisle and everyone in it. He's not <laughs> going to get a game now when Frawley's back. No. They went and headhunted Frawley. Nope. So there's about as much chance of Hoymore playing this week as there was three weeks ago and he didn't play. So I don't see that changing, especially now that they're winning and they've played a massive game this week. They've probably got the game of the round against Geelong. Yeah. It's going to be a ripper so, Friday night. Yeah. So I just don't see that happening. At least we're going to know what happens. Okay. That's true. First game of the round. You have to fix that problem. So what do you need to do though, is you need to actually have a bit, you might need to get a bit creative, MJ. Mm. Now, I'm going to throw a couple of names at you. I don't know how good they are. I don't know how good they're going to go. But sure. there are a couple of options there, okay? Okay. Michael Hartley. He's 320000 in Dream Team. He's taking the kick-ins. He is. I don't know whether his job security is through the roof. But why wouldn't he get a crack at it and they play North Melbourne this week? That's helpful. Round 12 buy is an issue. That is. Okay. But you, sometimes you just need to suck sure. it up. Why not? We might get someone, maybe you're lucky enough to try and get into a James Harms. Yeah, round 14 buy, nice round mid-price option. Buy, I think his break-even in across the formats is uh, low teens, if not uh, mid-teens. Yeah, AFL Fantasy a little bit more. But yeah, I think you're right. Across the formats, is he's got 50 to 100K of money to be made in him. Yep. Now, if you can't do that, what you'd really want to do is turn a Tom Powell into a premium mid or a Warner into a premium forward and try and pick up those 40 or 50 points you're missing in the upgrade on the other line. Okay, so this is an interesting one because I think people might have heard what you said five minutes ago ago. You can't double downgrade and they're going, well, but Tom Powell looks tired and he's nearly topped out in price. Uh, different in AFL fantasy where he's a forward eligible, I understand, but let's keep that. Errol Goulden owners, where he's topped out in price. James Rowe owners, he's basically topped out in price. And this D6 donut is staring them in the face. And now you're telling them, I can't double down, but I can't get a premium defender. You're not advocating it has to be a premium defender or a, a, a stepping stone premium defender. 100%. Because right. the problem that you've got, okay, is if you go to someone like a Hartley that's using a trade, and then hmm. you're going to have to go from a Hartley to another one that's using another trade and potentially needing another trade to free up the cash to do that. Yeah. So if you can't get to Harms, who is right on the borderline of if he plays and continues to play midfield, he's probably serviceable enough to stay. D6 as a D6 at worst. Team. At worst, yeah, I agree. And that's something I'm definitely looking at myself. So I'm mm. not suggesting anything that I wouldn't be looking at myself. But if you, so the thing is, you don't want to kill your team chasing something absolutely mad. In one week fix, yeah. Why is coming in three weeks' time? Now, 
So, but there's the other guys as well. If you've got a Koz Kaczynski sitting at D6 or yeah. whatever, or D7, if you had Murphy at D6 and he's mm-hmm. going to be D6 this week, guess what? You've lucked in yeah. because he's playing North Melbourne this week. There's yeah. every chance he's going to have a good game. Yeah, it's true. So I think that if you've got a Kaczynski at D6 and everything else is pretty hunky-dory, yep. every opportunity to go double downgrade. So it's really going to be team-dependent this week, MJ. It really is. Now, I'm also just going to throw out, it doesn't have to be mid. It can be forward. You might have a guy like, let's just say, James Rowe in yep. the forward line. Now, if you've only got 250000 or whatever, 300000 sitting there, okay, and you're not comfortable with that harms, mm. you can easily turn a James Rowe into a Dusty Martin this week. No problems. And so, I mean, that's absolutely a keeper for the season. Let's just say I would think that Martin's going to outscore Rowe potentially by anywhere from 20, 30 points through to, well, it could be 100 points. It could be, especially if he's playing mid this week, which I think he needs to. Yeah, um, Yeah, so, I mean, that's what I'm saying about getting creative and to try and make those points up on another line without actually killing your team. I think it's an important thing, isn't it? Sometimes we we see this donut and it brings me to this idea around the multi-buy rounds and, and cash cows. Sometimes we see this donut and go, oh, I've got to do whatever it takes to get rid of this zero score off the ground. Well, maybe you need to, but also you might be now narrowing your focus about avoiding a zero of a cow, um, different if it's a premium, but if it's a cow flavored donut, they're the much more tasty and desirable ones to get because you know what? You're right. If you were to all of a sudden take a Powell and a Golden all the way up to a, a Josh Kelly or a Tom Mitchell um, or, or any other underpriced midfielder or a Dane Zorko or, like you said, a Dusty through the forward line, even a Jack Billings in AFL Fantasy, he's, you know, as a forward, he's a ripping pick. Um, maybe not for this week's matchup, but certainly historically. That's a much better outcome than destroy your field, destroy your structure, destroy your buy rounds for the sake of trying to dodge maybe a 20, 30-point differential. And a lot of teams may very well have a James Rowe or uh, Anthony Scott sitting at F6 anyway. Yeah. So you're getting an instant 50-point kick to your team this week if you go straight to Dusty, and that's only 250, 200, 250,000. Whereas if you're trying to go for... High more to harms. Mm. We're looking at three hundred thousand. Yeah. So, and what are we talking there? We may get harms based for a hundred k this week. Yeah, sure. But then you're going to have a D six coming back next week in a Murphy or whatever else. You may have always planned to have done that upgrade in another line. If you could pick up fifty out of that hundred and not kill your structure and stick to the same plan. Yeah. I think that's actually not a terrible outcome. Put it that yeah, way. I think that's a really good point because the thing you should be starting to factor in for not just the buy rounds, but for where your team is now and where you want it to be in six weeks time at the end of the multi buy rounds is what does your side look like with premiums for the rest of the year? Not keepers because injuries come. Um, but what does it look like for premiums on the field? It's the greatest mistake I see coaches make with not just donuts, but with that multi-buy rounds, is like, oh, I've got I've got 19 people on the field. Great. How many of them are going to give you a score over 80 every week as a premium? 
Four. And that's half the problem, isn't that's it? That's it. That's it. So everyone's going, oh, round, nine, round 12, yes, I've got 18 so far, and they've only got seven premium scores. You're, you're not going to get 1,200. You know? And how many times have we said to people that through the buy rounds, just remove the rookies out of the picture. Okay? Count your premiums. Just count your premiums and mid-prices. Yep. Now, the mid-prices could be as simple as, well, James Jordan right now or a Tom Powell right now yeah. is classed as a, a mid-pricer, okay? I agree. They're not going to be a stepping stone any higher. They're, they're pretty much maxed out to where they are because they're a higher rookie. Mm-hmm. They're fattened out. They're price ranges of a mid-pricer right now. That's the whole idea of it. So count them with scoring because they're going 70, 75 anyway. So they're scoring yeah. like a mid-pricer. So if you've got, let's just say round 12, okay, it's, that's, it's starting to look like round 12 is really difficult. For a lot of but people. round is. 12, yeah. So round 12, if you've got anywhere around 10 to 13 premiums and say three or four of those maxed out, and I'll, I'd count Warner in that, I'd yep. probably count Bergman at this stage in that as well. Yeah. If you can count, you know, say 16 out of your best 18 with those numbers, then you might be able to scrape a two decent, three decent rookie score, you know, mm. out of the, and I'm talking about, and everyone knows who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Anthony Scotts. I'm talking yeah. about the James Rose. I'm talking about the Finley Mate Craze. I'm talking about the Sam Berry. Because it's keys, the whatever. The yeah. Everyone's got them in your team. Go look at your team and have a look at your bench. You got two or three the of them on the field, probably still. Yeah. You got plenty of them. <laughs> So, and that's going to be how you negotiate. So what does a coach do? Let, let, let's look at this round 12 multi-buyer round, which by the way, across all the formats, you've got the same availabilities of three trades a week. Now, AFL Fantasy, it's a use them or lose them, whereas Dream Team and Supercoach, it factors into however many of your available 30 have left. But in that round, you've got GWS, Hawthorne, Geelong, North Melbourne, Port and Gold Coast. There's three interesting guys I'm, I'm keen to get your take on. Kaczynski and Bergman, probably more secondary, but we'll get to them in a second because they've maybe got a little bit more cash to make, maybe just a little bit more to go. But Tom Powell is pretty much maxed out, pretty much across the formats. Now he's got forwards eligibility as well in AFL Fantasy, which does help coaches. He's starting, in my eyes anyway, looks like he's just starting to slow down. He's played... Eight weeks of footy has been fantastic for North Melbourne and for fantasy coaches. But there's just some of those signs of a young developing body starting to slow. With three weeks before the buy rounds, could we downgrade him to a Collier Dawkins? And then does the other trade have to be an upgrade? Or could we double down if we're not copying that D6 issue that you alluded to? And that's why I'm saying this is a really intriguing round because we've got a lot of those rookies on the bubble and rookies available with the later buy rounds. Powell's obviously got round 12. Yep, three games. So, so MJ, let's just say if you decide, let's let's think about this through this. Mm -hmm. You've got a couple of guys there, okay, that you can actually trade down. Let's go, let's just say uh, out of, 
absolute Farah. Yep. Okay, I know he's quite popular across the format. Yes. If you could turn a Farah into an RCD, yep. which is calling the Dawkins for those who don't know the alphabet. Yep. And if you go Powell into a Burns, you're mm. freeing up, you know, anywhere around, what are we talking, 350 plus 150? Yeah, about, about half a mil, yeah. Guess what happens next week? You've got Dusty bottoming out. You've got Ridley bottoming out. You've got side bottom hitting a lower. You could actually even a Petrarca's bottomed out then, yeah. And guess what happens to Bergman next week? You could turn him into Dusty for 110,000, 120,000 in Dream Team. Across the formats, it's not very different, you know. You could turn Kozinski after he plays North Melbourne into a Ridley. So that 500,000, you could be potentially looking at Bergman to Dusty and Kozinski to Ridley. I think that's the interesting point, isn't it? Is this is this week that prepares for those that have seen what's coming. They know that. Whereas there are coaches are going, oh, this is my week. I'm going to grab Tom Mitchell. That's fine. He's been excellent, especially last week and relatively good across the remainder of the year. But are you missing the cows you need? Now, maybe you've jumped early on a Collier Dawkins or you've jumped early on a Poltor or you've already got a Burns or whatever it is. You've jumped early on these guys in the limited trades where their prices haven't moved yet. And so that's a different story. But is this a week to upgrade and miss these cows or knowing what we're about to get in the next fortnight, not just in buyers, but in undervalued um, or underpriced premiums based on injuries, suspensions, or a combination of things. Yeah, and just think about that as well. Do you want a Burns or a Collier Dawkins on the field when they're getting their 60s? Mm. Or would you like to have a, a Rowe on the field who plays a good game for a 40? Mm. That's, and I mean, I'm, I'm being a bit cheeky because yeah, it's facetious, but it's proven a point, yeah. Yeah, but that's it's got to be the combination, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It and has who to be do you have more confidence in with the scoring potential on the field? Now, the other thing I just want to mention here as well for the buy rounds that people need to be a little bit careful. If I know Aaron Hall is the is an absolute, I don't know, he's what is he? He's, he's a scoring machine. He is the flavor of the week, mate. No doubt about it. Oh, the flavor of the last two weeks. Like, I know in AFL fantasy that Zach, Jack Zebel was the flavor two, three weeks ago. Yeah, now it's Aaron. Yeah. If you're going Hall this week, be careful because, mm-hmm. yes, he's got a perfect draw, but you're now only going to get three of his scores. Now, if you go and get someone else who's still got a decent draw, you get four of their scores. Now, whoever it is, let's just say if you go out and get Nick Hind or if yep. you go out and get whoever it is, it doesn't matter the name, um, not Lockie Whitfield, but let's say Josh Kelly. Oh, sure. no, not Josh Kelly because he's, he's ground 12 as well. But um, who am I thinking of? Dusty, okay? Let's yep. say Dusty, who plays GWS, Essendon, and Adelaide in the four games before his bye. Yep. So I'd say that's reasonably favourable. He I goes agree. okay against Brisbane. Yep. So let's just say he averages 90 across those four games. Sure. That's 360 points, and I'm trying to be conservative. So yep. 360, 
That means Aaron Hall has to average 120 across the three games because he has the first five. He misses one of those games, yeah. And there's no reason, and people might say, oh, yeah, but then, but Dusty has the ball. Guess what? You can go Dusty to Aaron Hall the week after the round 12. Yeah, that's and right. you actually get it, Aaron Hall scores. Yeah, correct. So you just have to be very, very careful, and you just got to make sure you don't break your team. I think that's now, a really good point. You said there was no big uh, injuries this week, but there was there were a couple, weren't there? We got Shea Bolton. Yeah, that hurts. And we got a we got a guy called Jaden Stevenson who's been very very good. Yeah, fair shout. Okay, there were some injuries. What do you do with you with either of those guys? Like Bolton's two to three weeks. It feels like one of those limited trade injuries that we've had so many this year, especially through the forward line. Dunkley, Dangerfield, Butters. I know some Heaney owners that have gone through there. Um, that's just naming a couple. I know some that have gone back and forward on others. In, in a two to three week, AFL fantasy is different because if they're missing more than a week, it feels like in that format, you can much more easily move them on. But in the limited trades, is a two to three week injury worth holding for, especially with his latter buy? I think it, you have to trade him. Okay. We're still three weeks away from the round 12 buy and the buys coming into it. I just think you have to trade him and then hope for the best. Right. And hope he stays for the three and they go conservative and then they give him the buy round in 14 off. Well, see, the thing is, if you hit round 12, okay, and you're carrying one, injuries. maybe two of these injury guys and you're only bare minimum 18, 19, as we were saying before, premium-wise, you cop another premium injury or suspension, mm. you're really cutting it thin and you're going to lose a lot of ground. Now, the other thing with Jaden Stevenson is it's two to four weeks, so there's every chance he may not be back for round 13. I thought Stevenson was like closer to six. Well, maybe he is, but even if it's two to four weeks, there's that possibility he's not back for round 13, which is you've got to be careful, yeah? Because you, yeah. you're already taking a hit in round 12. You don't want to take an extra hit in round 13. Well, that's it, isn't it? Sometimes if I said to you, um, you can trade in X premium, but they are going to play four of the next five available games or Y premium, and they will play five of the next available five games. Take the names out of it. You're taking the more games available. Now, I know injuries and suspensions happen, but available games, you're certainly going to give yourself the most opportunity to score points with the most available games. A hundred percent. You got it there, mate. All right. Um, I guess I'll have one last question before we get to our Patreon's questions. What do coaches do if they find themselves burning hard through trades already this year because of injuries? Because Because we've, it feels like a lot of really relevant guys have missed. Neil through the midfield is probably one of, if not the biggest name. Dangerfield, Dunkley are certainly two of the leading candidates through the forward line. Um, and then people might have gone a little crazy, is a polite way, of moving a Daniel when he missed a week or moving a Dusty when he missed a week um, and a few things. What are coaches doing? Again, it's more limited trade formats, but I think there's some advice that's going to help coaches in AFL fantasy too. If you're now eight weeks down and you've really only made one or two upgrade improvements to your side and you're struggling now to see if you can get 
to a quote completed side in time. What's the advice you give coaches as they start to enter into um, the buyers in just a couple of weeks? So this is the important thing, okay? So if your focus is overall mm-hmm. and you keep sideways trading, you're not going to catch up. No. It's plain and simple. You're not catching up because there's teams ahead of you. And let's just say dream team, okay, because I'll use my team as an example. Sure, let's do that. That's at this point in time, but I won't. I won't go too deep. I'll just use it as a very vague high-level example. I've only got three rookies on the field after this week. Oh, three in the forward and two in the mid, sorry. Yep. There's five altogether. And I know other teams that have got anywhere from three or four on the field left. Mm. And if you've been sideways trading all day, every day, and not progressing your team, there's no way you're catching those guys, okay, those teams ahead of you. And I'll just give you an instant here, MJ. So the rookies that I've got on the field left after this week in mm. Dream Team will be Powell. Nice. Jordan. Yep. Warner. Solid. Bergman. Fine. And Farah. Fine. Okay, we're not talking about Rose and Scotts and Kaczynski's. Yeah. Correct. So that's why it's very, very important. If overall it's your focus. Now, if leaks your focus, you may be able to have a look at your other teams and see how progressed they are and actually plan for that. Play the matchup game. Yeah. Now, what do you do if you've used a lot of trades and you're burning them out? You actually have to start looking at the buy rounds, okay, and going, okay, which buy round can I get through without using a trade? Yeah. Because that will conserve you three trades across any format at any point in time. We've got a rolling lockout. So you should be trying to bank at least one trade for the buy round, okay? Mm. One per buy round. So one in round 12, one in round 13. One in round 14, so it's three trades. Now, if you enter round 12 and you've got 19, 20 playing already, guess what? You don't need to trade. Nope. So you just sit. Mm-hmm. Be disciplined. There's your three trades served already. Yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah, so it's very, very simple. Now, round 13, again, I say this loosely because I know it depends on teams and everything. Yeah, else. yeah, There's sure. A lot of Carlton and Richmond and um, Bulldogs and Essendon and whatever else. Really, though, round 13 should be the easiest one to negotiate. And you may not even need to trade leaving round 12. You just got to plan yourself out and make sure you keep planning it. So if you've only got 16 on field, but you've got 15 of those as premiums, yeah, well, you still don't need to trade. Yeah. Because I can tell you now, the other teams with 18 are probably likely to have 12 premiums. And if you could do a little bit of a guide in the rankings or wherever else, see where you sit in that, and then you can determine where you need to attack and where you don't. Yeah, I think that's really, really good. I think that's that's really, really helpful um, for coaches that are there. Last one, if you're playing overall rankings, but you're but you're a little far off the pack. And, and depending on the format you play, far off the pack can be a, a number of different factors. In Dream Team, if you're outside the top couple of hundred, you're a fair way off the pack in that format, just because the, the volume of coaches isn't as dense, 
but the quality of coaches is really high. So it's harder to make up ground from if you're ranked 500 and 600, as opposed to say AFL fantasy or super coach, where there's still equally as high quality coaches, but the opportunities available of movement is higher because there's more coaches. What do you say to a coach who finds themselves entering into the buy rounds, knowing that the buyers are their moving period? So they've got this three weeks before, the three weeks of, six weeks of planning and execution, seven if you count 15. If they're in that 500, 600 sort of rank, maybe even 400 might be too far gone in Dream Team, but you get the point. What should they be looking to do, knowing there are some very popular cheap options in Ridley, Dusty, and Sidey to come, but they're trying to make up ground but not burn through trades too hard to not be able to move. What does a coach do in that scenario? So, like, so I've been in this situation a few times in across the formats. Okay? Yep. So just in Dream Team, though, I'll just give you a bit of a heads up. I don't think anyone outside the top 50 can win the comp at the moment. Not based on who I see up there. <laughs> there's 450 points roughly between first and 50th. That's a lot. And it's only an approximate. I've seen some good coaches up there like Fish and, and Kane. And Fish and Kane, yourself up. all in the top couple, yep. Um, not so much me, but oh, get off. think about the Fish and the Kane, the okay, of this world. I can tell you now, they're as strategic as anyone in that yes, competition. I mean, we're talking about Fisher's one formats, you know. Yeah, that's right. We're talking right. about Kane, who's who's pretty much he's there right every year. Ways. Yeah, you know, every year. I mean, what did he say to us the other week, MJ? He said um, that he's finished top hundred in Dream Team for the last seven years or something. Yeah, something like, stupid it was like absolutely that. Absolutely ridiculous. So you're not catching those guys as well as you go. So. So do you just no, have some I fun and get creative, though? I think so. I think yeah. you make it a learning experience, get a bit of fun to get out the game and dream team. Now, it's the other two that I'd like to actually start highlight here. Yep. I actually think that you need to sit and be a bit patient, get through the buys. Mm. If, you're, if you're confident you've got a good buy structure and everything else, I think there's a lot of fake teams up high in the rankings, especially in AFL fantasy, right. that will be found out massively through the buys. And by fake, I you reckon, mean bad, bad structure, bad planning, a lot of sideways moves, no cash generation. Is that the kind of things you mean? 100%, mate. And I right. reckon there's teams out there in the top two or 300 that have not got one player on the bench playing at the moment. Yeah, the red dot galore. I reckon it's Red Dot City. <laughs> and so as soon as those buys hit, you can wave your top 100 ranking because she's blowing, mate. Yeah, She's yeah. blowing. You're into, you could even potentially hit five figures in the rankings in AFL Fantasy. Yeah, wow, well, okay. Because you can sideways till you go blue in the face. There's going to, the top teams are going to be exiting those buys with Stronger. like their worst player as um, let's just say uh Degoe or Jessica Cameron or whoever it is on their field is their worst player and mm. you're going out going well I sideways my way through the buys and I still got Scott on the field I've still got this guy on Bro. the field yeah. you're in a world of pain and you've got no depth anyway on the bench and you've got no cash generation to even so even if you did, no choice. Yeah, exactly, mate. So 
I, I had a look at um, Fisher's team the other day at his bench. I mean, actually, no, we'll say Louie, okay? Louie was um, talking to me the other day, and he's, he's got Bergman sitting on the bench. It's that deep. It's amazing. Know, yeah. You know, so if you think he's exiting those buys, you know, wherever he is, I think it's the top 500 or something. Top couple of hundred years, yeah. He's going, he's going with a rocket, you know. He at the end of the buys, he's sitting in the top hundred. He's he's looking at hat territory. Oh uh, yeah, so, and some bad luck comes his way. He's well on the way. I agree. And we got guys like Kane and Fish and everyone else, you know, really high in the rankings, and they've got benches as deep for days. So you're gonna have to be very, very careful, and they're not the only ones. We got guys, okay. In the top team, I think the top team in AFL fantasy, one of they've got the one of the deepest teams I've ever seen in AFL fantasy. It's pretty scary, he's isn't it? Still losing points on second. Yeah, exactly. And he's still losing points though on the second guy who's flying up the charts. Yeah. So there's going to be, I think, just have a bit of fun, trust what you're doing. Wait till after the buys because that's when the dust's going to. Yeah, that's a really good advice. That's the time Green where you actually team. see. Dream team, you no chance to just have fun. Because <laughs> there's no chance you're making up four or 500 points on top quality coaches with trades dribbling away, you know? Yeah, no, it makes it pretty hard. All right, there's some good advice there. And some. Uh, you're right, there's some uh, panel members and some Patreon members having some very, very good years. Um, let's get into some of these questions from our Patreons. Of course, if you love what you're getting from the coaches panel, you want to support us and also get some exclusive content, articles, podcasts, and uh, exclusive group chat access. All the links for that are at coachespanel.tv. But here are some question rids. A lot of them are AFL fantasy question, but there's some good ones through there. By the way, Ian McRae, your question about buy structure, we've kind of already answered it on the way. So hopefully that helps you. But let's jump in. Alex Moore wants to know, does Flynn to Sweet and Golden to Ridley get the tick in AFL Fantasy, or should I try and go a Dow or a Brockman to a Harms type and keep Golden? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a sec. He's holding Dow and trading Golden. <clears throat> that was one option, or should he get rid of a Dow and move uh, to a Harms type? I think it's an easy answer, but I'll let you take that um, one if you like. I think he answered his own question. Option B. Yeah, I don't understand why you move. Like, I mean, I know Gordon's slowing a little bit, but the thing is, Flynn's still got money and everything else. Mm-hmm. I, I'd probably hold on to. I'd probably hold on to Flynn for. Well, I think I he needs the Flynn to. Sweet. I think he needs the Flynn to sweet to make the money to get the Golden to Ridley. But if he, if you can do the Dow or Brockman move to a Harms without having to get rid of Flynn, obviously that's a great move. But surely um, you can do it a different way, can't you? Can't you go like, down let's just Brockman. say, I don't know, I haven't seen the team, yeah, but why can't you go Brockman to Hayes? Yep. Okay, and use the utility, which frees up 110,000. How close does that get you down to harms? It's, it can't be far off. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty close too. 
depending so, on how much money he's got in the bank, it's got to be close, doesn't it? I think it would be fairly close. All right, let us know, um, Alex, how you go with that. If that doesn't get you there, the good news is, as a patron, you can send us a message, my friend, and we're going to help you all the way through it. Next question, again, another AFL fantasy-based one, comes in from Kyle, good friend of the panel, and a uh, good coach too, by the way. Uh, he says, James Rowe, question mark, is he in a third-year breakout in AFL fantasy? For a record, since he's come back into the team, he's gone 83, 92, and 115, and in round one, he scored an 89. Not a bad third year. Who's that one? James Rowbottom. 600K yeah, is worth not? in that format. I, I tell you what, he's, um, I liked him last year. So mm. I often go one year too early. So I reckon he's a goer this year. Yep, 600K, got a break even of 56 in that format. Look, maybe there'll be some other betters there, but I think he's going to be a fantasy jet for a long period of time. I like that. Uh, Peter wants to know in AFL fantasy, should we go after players like Harms at a cheap price who is going to make us some cash or keep sticking to get to the fallen premiums? What's the difference between a fallen premium and a cheap premium? At the moment, not much. Especially so when Harms scoring. Harms playing on um, midfield right now in a winning team. I no Viney. No Viney, so he's not going to be dropping out of there for the next two to three weeks. Um, I just he's think jump on row. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't understand. Like, it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think so too. Um, Tony's got an interesting question. It kind of touches a little bit on what Alex was alluding to. But he's talking about Flynn. Now, if Matt Flynn's named, obviously all bets are off. Is he starting to get to the point in AFL fantasy where he's just holding cash when you do have a sweep will likely have a haze coming through for multiples of those weeks? Again, if he performs poorly, Laddams might take the spot. But is it getting to the point now with Flynn's just too much money on the bench in AFL fantasy or should we hold and hope knowing we'll probably get at least one more before the buy round? I think you've got to hold him now. Why is this holding him now and then trading him? So, I mean, he hasn't played for two weeks now. So, we know Mumford's going to have a break, yeah? Yes. So, at some stage, whether it's this week or next week or the week after, Flynn's getting a game of football. I agree. I don't see why you'd give it like you'd rest Mumford next week because there's going to be a game off this week, give him a break, then he's got two games on. To and then the another bye. Now, Mumford is so close to being Mumford's doing Mumford things, yeah, dropping knees, doing what he does. Yeah, I mean, he's I don't want to say this like, but he's a he's, he's a an dog aggressive footballer, he's an aggressive minded <laughs> oh, player, no, mate. He's a dog of a player, <laughs> he will he will he will drop his body into you, any part of his body. He, he's a very old school you. footballer, he, he'll make oh. you hurt for everything. He is so you could actually get Flynn for a couple of weeks here if Mumford plays one more game. Um, yeah, so true. Flynn is break even 17. He's going to make, even if he only scores 70, he's making 35,000 in the first. There's still 70, 80,000 in Flynn if you can yeah. get two more games. Yeah, I, I just think it's, I just don't understand why you do that right now. You would have done it two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago when you had the the donut issues, fine. Now, if you've still got Flynn, you're not running him at R2. He's at R3. 
because you haven't been Correct. winning the past two week of donuts. So I agree. I think if you're at that point, don't worry about it. Uh, Peter wants to know with uh, Thursday night teams back, which that'll be next week, which means it'll be your traditional, by the way, style Friday and Saturday games will all be listed with the starting squads. It'll be extended squads finalized, we presume, on the Friday. Uh, Peter wants to know, is this a good thing or a bad thing for fantasy coaches? No, I think it's a bad thing, but it's a good thing because people are tired of what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. But you know what it's going to do, don't you? Late hours are going to come back into vogue. They'll come back in. In so fashion. Gonna, you're going to go pick up a Jeremy Cameron this week because he had an absolute pearl again next week. And guess what? It's going to happen the first time they name Thursday night teams. He's, they're gonna, you're going to name it. Everyone's going to jump on, make their trades early. And yep. I guarantee you, Geelong's going to give a late out to Jeremy Cameron. Or, you know, it's just going to... You can see the mole off, can't you, MJ? Yeah, it, it's it's going to happen. I suppose the advantage Dream Teamers and Super Coaches have over AFL Fantasy Coaches is they've been much more accustomed to lockouts and the strategy that's involved in the timing and the knowing. I know life is busy and weekends are busy, but the advantage for coaches here with understanding and maximising rolling lockouts is it can be the difference, not just in captaincy and vice-captaincy loopholes, but also in saving yourself rookie scores when you don't have to cop them. Um, it, it could be the difference over the year, five, 600 points, if not yeah, more. Yeah, but I mean, everyone's whinging about this, but what I really believe that's what it's doing is teaching people discipline. Mm. You're actually not able to make the trades on a Thursday or a Friday and yeah, just correct. stick with it. You're actually waiting to see what the take. You're looking at the draw. You're looking at who to play, who not to. You're looking at strategy. It's teaching you discipline to hold your trade until you need to make it in a rolling lockout. Correct. This has actually been a real good learning curve for everyone. And I know people are whinging and carrying on like pork chops. But the problem is, okay, people are carrying on like idiots going, oh, I don't want to keep living on the phone and everything else. Guess what? When it was a Thursday night, they were still on the phone tweeting and doing everything anyway. What's the difference? Set, set a phone alarm an hour out, check it and move on. Um, I get sometimes well, it's difficult. So easy, yeah? There's it's a heap hard, of stuff you can right? do. Get a friend to log in for you that's not going to be a jerk and will do it right. Like there, There's options or do it in the morning of and give yourself as much available time as you can. There's ways and means. I, I, I love the the um the discussions it'll create on a Friday for us with friends and all that. Like I love that part, but yeah, I, I actually like seeing people. This is terrible to say. I like seeing people destroy their teams in panic because it helped me. Um, but we'll see. That could be anywhere. Last two questions, Reads, before we wrap up this episode. Stephen Summers wants to know AFL fantasy question: Who would you prefer out of Harms and Cameron as a way of not so much a like for like in terms of points? but as a way of generating cash and getting another rookie off the field, he's saying ignoring buys. Important because Cameron's is three weeks away. Who's going to make the yeah, best money over the next three weeks? But you, Well, I don't think you can ignore the buy because the thing is, Harms gets an extra gain. He does. So there's more cash in Harms then, isn't there? Um, Based off available games, yes. So if you're looking at it at a four-week window... And you've got three weeks to a buy, then the guy playing four games is going to make more cash or more opportunity to make cash than the guy playing three. Um, 
Having said that, though, I like both of them in AFL fantasy. And if you've got a Stevenson, I think a Stevenson to a Jeremy Cameron makes Easy a move. hell of a lot of sense because it's already round 12 to round 12 anyway. Yeah, it's a simple move. And look, if you look at who Geelong play over the next couple of weeks, St Kilda, okay, James Frawley might come in, but to be honest, they're not going to put chip um, on him. Surely he'd just run him off his legs. The week after, Gold Coast. The week after that, Collingwood. That, that'd be an interesting matchup because I think he might get Darcy Moore. Um, but that's a relatively interesting one. He's priced in AFL Fantasy at 487000 with a break-even of 43. Then if you want to go back and look at James Harms, he's priced at 515000 in that format. Defensive eligible, maybe pick up midfielder status by round 12. Who knows? But they've got an interesting next kind of five weeks. Carlton, Adelaide, Bulldogs, Brisbane, Collingwood. The next two weeks especially feel fairly enticing. Carlton outside of Walsh don't seem to be firing a shot through the midfield and Adelaide can't win a stoppage unless it's a Rory getting it. Yeah, but it's also James Harms. So yeah. I, I I actually really think he's a solid viable option this week. But if you turned around to me next week and said, geez, Harms had a shocker and scored 50, <laughs> I'd say, well, there's no surprise. It's James Harms. Like, yeah. Harms can... As, is just as likely to score 100 as he is to score a 50. So you just got to take that roller coaster if you're well, going to go that I think way. super coaches know that exactly right. He's, he's played two games this year, and these are his two scores. In round one, what did he score? 64. In round eight, 132. That's the variation you're going to get with James. You're just going to be on a roller coaster. So if you love roller coasters as a kid and you're now an adult, and you still love roller coasters, James Harms is for you. Absolutely. All right. Last question. Again, a lot of AFL fantasy related questions. Because, like we said in Supercoach, feels like a nice get yourself settled, get yourself some cash with these cash cows and get ready to attack next week with some real valued options. Uh, here's a combination of players in AFL fantasy he wants your take on. Kelly, I'm going for Josh because I don't think you're trading in Jake. Could be Tim, but I'm going to presume Josh. So Saw, I'm sorry if I got it wrong. Kelly and Daniel or Suitcase, McCluggage, and Harms. Which of those scoring combinations do you like the most? So Kelly's got a round 12 by, assuming it's Jake, it's Josh, not Tim. Daniel has a round 13 by, McCluggage, round 13 by, Harms, round 14 by. Is it as simple as yeah. follow the buys and make the trade? No, I like the... No, well, I mean, yes, it's going to fall that way because I like... Um, McCluggage and Harms in those scenarios. I just think Harms is very comparable to scoring output than as what Caleb Daniel is in AFL Fantasy and Drento. Yep. So, and you're saving money on it. So, I just think he makes a lot of sense. McCluggage is having a breakout season. If he's not all Australian this year, as a win, I, my goodness. I don't know. I'll go have a sex change. Oh, like, okay. seriously. Oh, yeah. Like, if he's not the number one winger in the game, and I know he's been pushing into midfield with no deal and everything else. Sure. Like, seriously, there's no one else even close, is there? Uh, no. Not on no. the pure wing. Langdon's probably got the other wing maybe sewn up. No, I just say no. <laughs> like, McCluggage is miles ahead. Like, so I actually, Fish and I were laughing about this a couple of weeks ago. We both started him last year across the format. So we went one year early. Him and Robottom started last year. 
Isaac come in last year as well. Yeah. And I reckon we went a year early. Yeah, no, all three of those blokes have been excellent for coaches this year. And speaking of excellent, mate, that is exactly what you've been on this episode. Reads appreciate your work as we've helped out our Patreons, our podcast listeners, and just people in random tuning in. So thank you, man. No, that's easy, mate. Just call me anytime for a rant and a ramble. Well, mate, all I need to do is just bring a certain Caleb Poulter through and his haircut and uh, and away you go, my friend. We can get you on a rant. Uh, if you want to go check out other articles that we've been dropping right throughout the week, all the links are at coachespanel.tv. If you're loving these podcasts, make sure you subscribe, leave a nice little rating and review. It helps others find and discover what you know about the Coaches Panel. And there's other ways to support us too. You can jump on board as a Patreon. The links for that are at coachespanel.tv. Good luck this week. We're getting close to those buy rounds. We hope everything goes your way. Rookie roulette is winning for you. Your captain kills it and everything just happens to go nicely. But if it doesn't, that's okay. There's still another week to get you there. Until we chat to you next week, have a good week. And from all of us here at the Coaches Panel, good luck. We'll chat to you soon. Give it up.